and we can't keep it on the DL. Hello and welcome back to Can't Keep It on the DL. Today, we have Quentin Brown, also known as Q Da Boss. He is absolutely incredible. He creates a lot of motivational content. Specifically, we found him on TikTok, but he is a long-standing entrepreneur in the game. He has a great story. He has a ton of value that he delivered on this podcast about taking accountability and honestly, some great financial advice that I don't think there's enough of. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. This is pretty on brand in the barbershop. Yeah. We don't yeah listen, this is my, this is the home. We just like hearing like what you have going on, how you did what you did, how you got to where you are today. Okay. And we really liked your videos. We really mm-hmm. liked your videos. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah. And your message and what you have to say. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to know, I'm I'm open. I'm an open door policy. All right, cool. So yeah. we actually found you on TikTok. Okay. And you, you you've got a pretty serious TikTok. When when did that start? How did that start? Um, I would say my TikTok got hot about like seven months ago. Yeah. I, about I would say around like mm, September October last year. I went to uh, I was in Atlanta. I posted one of my videos. It just went crazy. Yeah. And ever since then, you know, in my barbershop, this is what I've been doing for years. A lot of people are like uh, seeing messages that I've always been saying. And you know, I've always been a conscious guy, you know, so I've just been trying to wait, raise more awareness, especially what, to the men. <laughs> what was the video that really went viral for you? Um, the first video I think that went viral for me was um, a video with a kid named Tristan. It went really, 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 really crazy. And it was on like every platform. I started seeing it everywhere. Uh, one of my clients asked me to talk to her son, and that was a real conversation. It wasn't fake, and it was actually me just talking to him about being accountable. And I feel like a lot of people aren't accountable these days, so a lot of people like the way I delivered the message. It wasn't harsh, because I feel like a lot of parents and a lot of older people tend to talk at the youth, opposed to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more easy for him to receive it, because I talked to him, opposed to talk at him. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny you say that too, because we had a, a guy on here called Be Great with Nate, and he was saying the same thing. He was like, when I talk to people one way versus when I talk to them another, it's the exact same information. It's just delivered differently. Mm-hmm. You articulate yourself differently, and it's received. And that allows kids to receive the message instead of put it off. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's all relative. Like when you're having conversations, it's all relative. Like a person may, you know, you might sound like the Charlie Brown thing, uh, the womp or womp. Mm-hmm. So the words are not resonating because the person is not listening to you because it's your delivery. It's too harsh. It's too strong. It might be too rude. You know, so they might take it a complete different way than you were trying to deliver it. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, we really have enjoyed your message. It seems like, you know, some of your videos about boys being men, some of your videos about relationships, some of your videos are about just doing the right thing and, and making small progress forward. Um, how were you able to learn some of these lessons in life? You know, just uh, through life experience. You know, we live in a society today where um, I would say feelings and opinion outweighs experience, which mm-hmm. is the opposite. Experience is the best teacher. A lot of people feel like how, whatever their opinion is and however they feel, it trumps everything. So a lot of my, my um, lessons come from experience and learning from others. You know, I've always been an advocate uh, guy that reads a lot. And on top of just reading, I go to like a lot of mature people who have more experiences than me to learn a lot of different things. I see a lot of people tend to not really, they disengage with 
they experience today in today's society. You know, most young people look at their parents like, you don't know what you're talking about, but they didn't wake up 50 years old, you know? Yeah. But a lot of young people tend to think like that. Yeah, and I think that's a tough line too, right? Because sometimes you see a vision for yourself that's so different from the people that raised you, that it's it's that hard in between of, you know, they have their wisdom in their areas and to treat that with such respect while also saying there's certain things that I'm going to do that you're not going to understand because it's part of a bigger picture. Agreed. You know what it is when you become a parent, you tend to see that you love your children more than you love yourself. Any good parent, you know, so um, it's hard when you love something more than you love yourself to not want the best for it at all times, mm -hmm. you know, at all costs, you know, and, and the real good parents, we tend to, we willing to risk our lives for our children to have a better life, you know, because that's how much we care. But then to have a child that's not receptive of it, they're not receiving it because yeah, the parent might be annoying, but usually the most annoying parent are the best parents. Yeah. You know? They know what they're talking about. Yeah. Are they care enough to want you not to go through certain things? Yes, absolutely. You know, and with a lot of your work is motivational and things like that. And I guess a question I wanted to ask you was on the days we come in a life where it's like self-care days and all these things, right? Where you're supposed to take care of yourself, put yourself first, even though we have all these other people to take care of and love. But yeah. what would you say, like on the hardest days when you don't want to wake up, you don't want to do the things that you need to do? What is the thing that drives you the most, even when you're not motivated? Because you're not going to wake up every day motivated, you know? Yeah. See, but me, I, I, I practice more discipline opposed to motivation. Mm -hmm. Motivation comes and goes. Discipline is just naturally your character. If yeah. you're a disciplined person, you tend to continuously do the things that's right. A lot of people are so captivated by being motivated. But again, you can wake up tomorrow and your motivation just is suppressed. It's not mm -hmm. you're not actively chasing it anymore because you're not motivated. But if you're disciplined, it's just who you are. Discipline is going to the gym. Discipline is having a relationship with God. Discipline is being obedient to your parents. Discipline is going to work. Discipline is knowing you have to do what you have to do regardless because it becomes naturally your character. So I tell mm -hmm. people practice more discipline opposed to motivation because, again, it can come. If you need to be motivated to win a race, that's different because you only need it for that moment. But for the long haul, you definitely have to be more disciplined. Absolutely. Yeah, the discipline is what gets you there. It's so funny. I was just reading, obviously everybody has talked about it, but I was just reading Atomic Habits and that was like one of the biggest thing. There's like, if you get 1% better every single day and you just do 1% more of one specific thing each day, the, the statistic, I don't know how they figured this out, but the statistic was that you are 37% better each year. Whereas if you went backwards and you did worse 1%, at the end of 365 days, you were almost nothing. You had almost nothing to show for yourself by 1% of the year. And the way that it compounds going forward and propelling you into your future, because, you know, they're like, if you go to the gym, if you do that one thing for your business, if you do that one thing for your relationship, if you do that one thing for yourself and keep that promise every single day, you get better at doing it and you get better over time at all of those areas of your life. And if you choose the wrong thing, if you make the wrong decision over and over and over, you don't necessarily notice it right away until you're fully in it. Like they used weight as an example. They used money as an example. If mm -hmm. your spending was crazy throughout the day, if you didn't go to the gym, if you ate too much, if you did this, that, the other one, two, three days of that, you're going to be okay, which gives mm -hmm. you that false narrative of, 
oh, this isn't that big of a deal. Maybe not for three days, but for three months and three years and three decades of those habits and those commitments and those beliefs. Agree. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's when you when you really look at it, we're in a microwave society. So a lot of the influencers tend to push uh, false narratives because they're looking for some kind of uh, 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 economics from you in a sense of teaching you that there's a such thing as a microwave, microwavable win or a microwavable success. You know, a lot of people, they see me just as a barber, but I'm a multi-level uh, entrepreneur. I'm, I, I have a nightclub. I have a pharmacy. I have about 21 houses. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to people about the different facets of what I do, they're like, wow, they're fascinated. I'm like, being a barber gave me, um, quote unquote, it gave me purpose. Mm -hmm. And when I became a barber, I, I fell in love with what I do because I started seeing how impactful I was in my community and how many people really listened to me as far as how much of a, I navigated them to, to their levels of success as far as being a motive, not just motivational, but like a mentor or a big brother. You know, but a lot of times I like my story because I killed the stigma that you can't be a millionaire if you don't have, quote unquote, this uh, crazy career and went to college and have a Ph.D. Mm -hmm. You know, I kill all of those stereotypes. You know, I live in a very high, rich, ritzy area. You know, I do very well financially and I don't have a Ph.D. or a doctorate. But yet and still I earn more than the average bear is because of the fact that I've learned how to navigate life. And I'm trying to reprogram minds to understand that. The false narratives are being pushed is actually killing the next generation opposed to lifting them up. It's showing them, oh, you can wake up rich and get rich overnight. Look at YouTube. Every time you go on YouTube, all you do is see, hey, guys, you want to get rich overnight? You know, mm -hmm. it, and it's killing the next generation because there's no such real thing. You know, don't get me wrong. There will always be um, exceptions to the rule, mm -hmm. but I don't tell people to roll their dice with their futures, mm -hmm. you know, navigate the, the reality, you know, because it's hard when you, it's the matrix out here. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that. And I think it's huge that you talk about experience because I feel like a lot of people will just try to jump into it. And it's like experiencing for yourself is the most productive thing you can do for yourself. Put yourself in the shoes of what you want. Agree. Yeah. Agree. And you got to love your process too. like, yeah, there's a million mm -hmm. get rich quick schemes. And obviously we have the internet and, you know, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the whole nine yards. It makes it a little more in your face. But they've always been there. There's always mm -hmm. been get quick, get rich quick schemes. Yes. But I think at the end of the day, you got to marry the process and yes. what you're doing day in and day out. And I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you did by being a barber is I really Agreed. love this. I love who I am. I love showing up and I love being there for people. And that's what's allowed you to kind of gain those skills that you didn't just use in being a barber and owning a shop, but also all of the other areas. Listen, I feel like um, the world is a village and we have to stop um, pushing each other away. Mm -hmm. I don't see women as the B word. I see them as my sisters. Mm -hmm. I see men as the N word. I see them as my brothers. And that's what I'm pushing. My whole message is un unification, uniting people, opposed to pushing color agendas, or height agendas, race agendas. I don't push those stereotypes. I push more togetherness because the God I worship don't see color. He sees people and he says, love all. So for me, me having this platform is giving me more of a, um, a broad audience to show that I'm just, I just love. Even when someone does negative, your reaction says volumes about you because sometimes people, they're so negative. 
because they don't know anything else. And yeah. it says volumes that are more about their character opposed to yours. You know, sometimes you have to be the light when people only see in darkness. So I've, I've let myself become more lightful and enlighten more people's minds because they don't know any better. You will assume they do, but they really don't. You know, and it's sad how society is today. But we still have to know we have to be the examples. Yeah, I think we do for sure. And you lead with love, which is so refreshing. Yes. Motivation, but love, you know? And yes. you can feel that through, literally through the screen. So we appreciate yes. it. And if there was one thing in your life through all the ventures you've done, what's like one lesson that you said was like a game changer for you? Or that I, would say, I would say my game changer for me was learning the value of time, mm -hmm. you know, and um, understanding that your time is very valuable. You know, um, i tell you a quick story. One time I, I was in my barbershop cutting. It was like, yo, this barber is giving us advice about finances. Then the next video I posted, I was with 50 Cent. And they're like, yo, how is this barber with 50 Cent? Then the next video I posted, I'm with Money Bag, yo. Then they're like, yo, how is this guy? Then I'm with Tory Lanez. They're like, how? I'm like, because perception is everything. And I'm like, the way you perceive somebody, it's not always what it is. And with mm -hmm. social media, it has given so much false illusions that a lot of people aren't who they portray. So I'm like, look, I use my platform now to show people you can be that person that drives for Uber, but yet and still make more money than a doctor. You can be that uh that uh, uh, uh beautician or or makeup artist, but yet and still you invest so much money outside of what you do, you make tons of money. So yeah. it's what well, that's what my message is. My message is to show others how you don't have your job just is, is stability. That's all it is. You know, yeah. it brings you a level of stability. But what you do outside your job, you know, we have the nine to five, but the pretty much the five to nine says really who you are. You know. Yeah that's how I look at it. And that's what I really, I see me being, that's my message. That's what I'm trying to get across now. You I know? think it's your message. And it's also what you embody, because mm -hmm. if you got it in an unconventional way, you didn't get a PhD, you didn't get a certain degree. Agreed. If you did it in an unconventional way, then so can other people and, and their process and their outcome is going to look different than yours. Yes. But you're the example for your, for yourself first and then for these people secondary. Yes, yes. You know, but look, like like I said earlier, you know, we don't have a lot of good examples. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, when I see, like I meet an influencer like 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 tomorrow, well, Saturday. I don't know if you know Antonio Brown, the, the football yeah. player slash rapper. So I'm doing his album release party at my club on Saturday. So, you know, a lot of people are like, yo, I said, look, look, look at look at this guy, you know, like, am I am I an advocate for what he's doing? I do like the fact that he does stand up for himself, but you know, his message might get misconstrued to a kid that might work at Target and think he can rebel and knowing he doesn't have the economics. I'm like, sometimes you have to literally stand down a little bit to get to where you want. You know, I always tell people before you become um, financially free, you have to be a slave. You have to be comfortable knowing like I have to slave for a while, ultimately investing my money to get to where I want to be. So therefore I'm bu pretty much buying back my freedom. And that, that doesn't matter about no color. You know, only 14% of the Ameri Americans live uh, uh, residual. You know, I would say about 86% live paycheck to paycheck. And yeah. then on top of it, only 1% of the country is wealthy. So therefore the country is teaching um, more so employment. And I'm seeing it's so prominent to the point where people are very miserable doing what they're doing. They're not happy with their lives. You know, and I'm like, imagine if every day you got you got to wake up and do what you love. If being a cop was what you always wanted to do, 
being a cop would be easy for you because that's what you always wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the issue. A lot of people aren't doing what they love and not being a, uh, and then it's frowned upon. If you say, Hey, I want to, I want to do nails. Somebody will be like, Oh, but you'll be the best nail tech there is because you love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the whole, the pursuit of happiness is bigger than economics. But yeah. I do say we need to teach people how to invest more. So therefore they're able to live the life that they really want, yeah. but they get to do what they want for a living and enjoy what they're doing. I think that's a big piece too, because you enjoying what you do eight, nine, 10 hours a day, uh-huh. there's an, there's an mm-hmm. energy to that. And that energy is going to bleed out into every area of your life, your relationships with yourself, your relationships with your significant other, your children, your friends, the Agreed. people that you surround yourself with. And if you're doing something that you love, that's an infectious, energizing energy. Agreed. And it's something that you want to do. You go, you know what? I want to be the best. I want to be even better. I want to deliver more. I want to deliver more value. That also then transcends into like what you're saying, which is investments and being able to break away from that mentality of I will do this for the rest of my life, a nine to five where it just pays the bill. So I think where I want to go with this is when it comes to figuring out firstly what you love, what is your advice there? How do you figure out what actually drives you? Put it like this. What would you do right now today? No matter what. And you don't have to get paid for it. Yeah. But if you got paid for it, it's a, a plus. Mm-hmm. For instance, if you're a painter, if you if you feel at most peace when you're painting, then that's what you should be doing. You know, but you should find ways. That's why I say if you invest the money, you'll pretty much have time to do whatever you want. And that's why I said you work hard. My my motto is work hard, save your money, invest. Mm-hmm. Rinse, recycle, repeat. Work hard, save your money, invest. That's my philosophy. And I tell people, if everyone has been taught that, by about 30... See, now they tell young people, go live your best life, and then later on, they're struggling, working hard. And I'm like, no. When your body can labor, you're supposed to do it when you're young, and then about the 30s and 40s, you're supposed to really live life because you've made the sacrifices while you were young. You know, yeah. and that's, They tell the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think once again, that's like the get rich quick bullshit where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, this is fun. This is flashy, whatever. But is it, is this going to attribute to your goals? Is this going to get you where you inevitably want to be? Like you're either, you're either working towards something or you're working away from it. And there's really no in between. Agreed. Agreed. You know, for me, I've noticed that a lot of people, they're so captivated by um, what others think. You know, that's been a, a very um, prominent thing as far as society in a whole. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable in my skin. You know, my boy was like, yo, you're going to do the interview on a, on a getting here? I said, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to impress the world. I'm trying to impact the world. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference. Like, I'm trying to impact. I try to show people an everyday Joe can do something phenomenal and touch people's worlds. You guys can be everyday people and you can impact somebody every day and people don't know how much power they have just by saying good morning to somebody or saying thank you or saying hey you look nice today those things go a long way when told to the right person mm-hmm. you yeah. know some people don't never hear things like that yeah and i like what you're saying it's like you're gonna lead with one you're mm-hmm. either leading with you know you're caring about what other people say think or feel or yes. you're like, 
I'm not trying to impress people. I'm trying to impact people. So if that's my goal, what am I doing every day to do that? You're like, I'm doing this interview. I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing this like speaking engagement, whatever it may be. You're like, if I'm trying to impact people, that's my main focus. I don't care about all the other stuff. Agreed. Agreed. So when you look at it like this, whether it's one person or a million people on your podcast, continue to do what you love because that one person that is paying attention is receptive of it. They really want to hear it. They want the information. So that person is being impacted. You know, sometimes we try to reach the masses. I say, if you're working hard, eventually it will reach the masses. Just got to work hard. And if you continue to work hard, hard work becomes easy because it becomes your natural character. Again, back to um, uh, being disciplined. You know, hard work becomes nothing when you're used to working hard. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't even know they work hard because that's all they do. And that's myself. Some people tell me like, yo, you work hard. I'm like, do I? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, and the money will flow with the hard work, you know. And if you were like a total beginner with investment, right? What's something that you would give as like tangible tips for investing? Uh-huh. Say that one time. Yeah, no. Um, so if you were like new to investing, what's okay. a couple of tangible tips that you could give to someone to start out? Me personally, I would tell everybody right now the stock market is extremely low. I'm not a financial advisor, so let me throw that out there. <laughs> you know, but I would definitely say the stock market is very low. There are great companies that are on sale. It's like walking into Gucci and everything says 75% off. You know, it's like your eyes should be this big when looking at the stock market because there's a lot of great companies that are very, very cheap. But I also say one thing a lot of people need to learn how to do, saving can change your life. People need to learn how to save. A lot of people don't have good saving uh, tactics. They spend money more than they make. You know, you have people that make small amounts of money, but they can go so much further because the guy that showed me how to invest actually was uh, in uh, New York. We have something called TLC. That's Taxi and Limousine Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, he drove for a taxi company and he literally showed me like it wasn't about what you make is what you can preserve. So teaching people how to save. Once you start saving, you'll see that you'll financially be in positions to take risk as far as investing, you mm-hmm. know, and that's really what it is because stores are opening up every day. Opportunities are there. It's just about having the economics to do it, you know. I think that's a big point to touch on as well, because we do live in a world where invest in this, invest in this. And I think that there's such a big piece of that that's missing. And, you know, when you see that, it's like, oh, do I have enough money to invest? Do I have enough money? Do I have the right principles? Have I been practicing? And literally that book this morning on the Stairmaster is just hitting me on so many levels. And it was like, you could be a millionaire and you, it could be coming in one door and out the other. And you could be saving none of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas you could have a very small income, but every month you're putting that little bit away in order to save for the dream fund, the future investment, whatever it is. And it's so much less about how much you have coming in and so much more about what you do and the percentages that you allocate. And there's a podcast that we love. It's called the skinny confidential. And um, one of the guys talks about how they, every year they usually increase salary. Right. And he was like, Every year, though, we stay at the past salary we were at. We never move past it, and we save what we additionally make. And yes. I thought about it, and I'm like, it's so important to have that strong money mindset when you start to grow in before. Because if you don't have that, you're never going to save anything. I agree 100%. That's why I said my philosophy, the work hard, save money, invest. If you look at it, most people don't want to work hard. Most people don't want to save. And most people fear to invest. 
So realistically, how do you change your life? Mm-hmm. You know, it's reality. And, and, and I talk about like my book is coming out actually in the next month or so. It's called um, the art to Re- the art of reprogramming the mindset. Meaning, okay. it talks about group economics. It talks about generational wealth. I talk about um, what is a father. I talk sister, sister. I talk to my women about how more women should have more respect for themselves. And I don't. And I can only speak from a man's perspective because of the fact that I'm a man. I couldn't yeah. talk from a woman to a woman. I'm not a woman, you know. So <laughs> I talk. Okay. I talk about yeah. uh, sister, sister. You know, a lot of different things I talk about in this book that I feel like more people need to be less uh, adamant about hearing reality. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear no truth. You know, as soon as you say anything, people always are on a defense. And I'm like, we need to break these molds. You know, more men need to hear that you need therapy because all you're doing is breaking more women down because of your past traumas. You know, we need to acknowledge these things. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand the human brain is very, very um, not that easy to understand unless you really have the information. You know, therapy is real. Psychologists are real. You know, some people really need therapy. And, uh, you know, you have some women who've been broken by men so much that they think every man is coming to hurt them. And I'm like, these are conversations that need to be had more so -hmm. we can raise more awareness. You know, a lot of people do have mental traumas. And I didn't even know till about a year ago, maybe two years ago, that you can pass on our substance abuse through genealogy and genetics. I never even knew that, you know, until I read about it. And I was like, wow, you could actually pass on substance abuse, you know, and these are things that we need to talk about. Even the um, one of the books that really shook me was The Body Keeps Score and just wow. how the body, mind and soul will take. I mean, it, it starts off very scientific as well. And I think that's kind of the leading factor of why so many people listen to this and why it's resonated. But, you know, every cell that you had and everything that you were created was from your mother. And so all of the things that she's experienced in her life, her feelings, her emotions, her traumas, her fears, all of those things are things that at one point you shared. Yeah. And so as she birthed you, as she raised you, there's nature and there's nurture, but there's both. And so there's certain things that are within you that were within her, that were in her mother, that were in her mother. I agree. That was was one of the craziest things to me because it's like, you know, we do live in a world where some people want to say, no, I'm fine. I don't need therapy. I don't need this. I don't need that. And nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, it's pretty safe to say that, you know, everybody wants to have a good relationship with their partner and their potential children and the people that they love. And what is, how are we going to get there? It's like, you have to have real vulnerable, raw conversations with people about what's really Agreed. Mm-hmm. No filter. No, no filter. You know, one of the greatest conversations I've, well, not a conversation. One of the greatest moments in my life is um, I was at a college graduation and the guy that was graduating was on autism. He's on a spectrum. And he did a speech. He graduated with a, with a bachelor's and he's on a spectrum. And you know what he said? He said, it's funny how people tease me because I was born with a disability. But yet and still, you don't tease people who aren't born with a disability, but do nothing with their lives. And when he said that, man, it impacted me. I was about 13 years old and it impacted me so much. I said, it's funny that people do tease people who are born with a disability, but the people who don't take advantage of life and who, who's ungrateful that they were born 10 fingers, uh, 10 toes, a working functioning brain, and they don't look at life as like, hey, I have every opportunity to do something with myself. It's on me to realize that I can and to put myself in a position to do it. 
you know, the power of networking, the power of um, uh, realistically humbling yourself and asking for help. You know, a lot of people don't want to do it because they feel too, um, quote unquote, what's the word, egotistical or too, yeah, I'm not going to ask these, that's, that's, that's called pride and I find that foolish. You know, I'm honored for you guys to even ask me to be on your podcast, I'm going to be honest with you, because for, for you guys reaching out, I was like, look, I'm, th I'm thankful for every opportunity that I get to spread my message to anybody that's willing to listen, you know, because for me, I'm a very humble guy and grateful, you know, I've always been grateful. And I, and I see that um, people just need to hear it. There's no level of platforms. Everything grows. You know, as long yeah. as you're nurturing it, putting water on it, fertilizing it, and sunri putting sunlight on it, it's going to grow. Every platform starts this big and it grows. You know, as long as you plant the seeds and you take care of it, it's going to grow, you know? You uh, kind of like tracked right into what you were saying at the beginning, that it's all about discipline. Yeah. And how is. discipline is, at the end of the day, it's really just keeping promises to yourself. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you if you stay around people that that are equivalent or better, you, you're gonna always keep growing. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta stay around people that hold you accountable. I think that's the word that uh, people fear the most: accountability. You know, you can do something wrong, but still find 40 reasons to not be wrong. You know, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm around people that hold me very accountable, and so do I, I do the same for them. I'm like, look, it's on you. You know, you gotta make the right choices. Yeah, and I think that's huge. Like, I think more people need friends and and circles like that. Could you just tell us a little bit what that looks like? Like, genuinely, what that looks like. Like, let's say, for instance, if I make a poor choice, in my mind, I'm like, whatever the consequences are, I'm willing to accept it because I made that choice. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna make a poor choice. Like, say, for instance, using my money, I go out, I spend my whole paycheck, then I cry about being broke the next day. That was a conscious decision. You know, there was no gun to your head. No one made you do it. You chose to do it. But yet and still, I'm going to say, it's the world's fault. I walked into the Gucci store and spent my money. I have to take it, the consequences. You know, or I chose to go on a vacation opposed to paying my car note. You know, I got to deal with repossession. You know, you have to be accountable. Like, it's certain things we look for um, the world to feel sorry for us when a lot of the times our wounds are self-inflicted. We hurt ourselves, you know. That's huge. That's powerful. Cause it's, it's just taking self accountability. And I feel like this year, especially even like for myself, I can speak on discipline has been huge because it's like, you know, you, and like you said, it's not, you're not going to be motivated every day. It's the discipline and the daily discipline that you preach to yourself. I agree a hundred percent, you know, but you, you, you look, it's sometimes it's easy to get distracted, but it's about backtracking or being around people who are, who are doing the same thing. So sometimes mm -hmm. it just gives you, it, um, Reignites that, reignites that fire in you, you know. So sometimes you got it, like you in the gym. Sometimes you might need a partner. You're like, you know why I want a partner? Because the days I'm tired, she may not be tired. Mm -hmm. So therefore, she give me that extra push, you know. And that's the beauty of having somebody, you know, standing next to you. Yeah. You know, because even if you take Batman and Robin, at times Robin helped out Batman. You know, mm -hmm. so Batman may be quote unquote the big superstar, but Robin definitely did help out Superman. I mean, Batman. Yeah, and just like you said, if you have that situation where you spend all your money at Gucci or on a vacation or on stupid shit or whatever, your friends are going to be like, yeah, you knew better. Like, yes. you knew better. Like, let's do better next time. But, like, you knew better, and you knew that wasn't the right decision to make, and you Agreed. made it anyways. Yeah. Agree. But are you going to are you gonna tell yourself that? You know, yeah. here comes that accountability. Now you have to stand and say, you know what? I did it. 
it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I have a, I had I had a friend of mine who engaged in illegal activity, and finally, when he got caught, he blamed the society. Oh, you know, the guy snitched on me, and I'm like, bro, if you never gave him nothing to snitch on, he would have never snitched on you. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you tell people that, are they willing to hear that? You know, I mean, usually I'm the kind of person that people run away from because it's like he's too truthful. You know, so they isolate themselves around people who tell them what they want to hear opposed to what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And I feel like you value your time a ton, which we love. We're the same way. But I think you're really good. And I kind of want you to speak on it quickly about like relationships. Like when it comes to relationships, it's almost similar to time. Like who you spend your time with is so important. How did that evolve for you? Like out of like whether it was high school or like onto the next chapter in your life. Like how did that kind of evolve? Let's let's be logical and let's have a, a real saying. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I believe in the Bible. I'm gonna be honest. With you. I'm a Christian myself. You know, I'm not perfect, but I do believe. You know, but the, the, acknowledging what is love. You know, love is kind. Love is pure. Love is patient. These are the things that love. That's what the Bible says. What love is. But people keep trying to change love. They try to make people who they want them to be. And the problem with that is you're going to only build something called a resentment. You're going to build someone um, basically not uh, liking you because you're trying to force them to be who they're not. You know, when you love somebody, you're more prone to accept them for who they are, opposed to forcing them to be. You can challenge them, but if you're forcing them, then it's not, uh, that's not love. You know, people don't really know what love looks like. And I think we need to redefine or re-show people what love looks like. You know, a lot of people's like, oh, my God, he's lazy. I'm like, you dated him three years. You took you three years to realize he was lazy? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that. accountability. Yeah. It's like, yes. you know what you're doing, and you know this man or this woman far before you get married, far I'm before you're in a relationship. You know, but what it is is we, we will say stuff like, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I felt like I can change him. I can fix him. You can't fix somebody that don't want to fix themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not God. You know, you can pray over somebody, you can wish the best for them, but sometimes the best love is tough love, you know, and you have to be willing to walk away from people because it's not allowing people to keep continuously have access to you when they don't mean you any good. That's unhealthy for you. And um, a lot of people, they're in a lot of unhealthy situations. And at the end of the day, I think, why would you want to be with somebody that you have to fix? You don't want to have to fix all your friends. You don't want to have to fix all your family. You don't want to... This is the one person that you choose in your life to be a partner, Mm -hmm. to be your best friend, to be your ride or die. And it's like, you really want another project. You want somebody that on a hard day, they make it harder and not easier. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, society tries, you know, I I will say this. In in a defense of women, I will say that the options aren't plentiful. A lot of these guys, (laughs) you know, I feel I'm like, you know, they're, they're betas posing to be alphas. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they pick and choose when to be men and when not to be men. And when they want to go back to their fetus or boy stage, they run back to their fetus or boy stage. You know, I, I tell a man, you have to be a man 365, seven days a week, 24-7. Yeah. But a lot of these guys, they're looking for the easy way. So a lot of them feel like, you know, I went vi- uh, viral for a video that actually talked about, I feel like a lot of men are broke because they're not high earners and they have three and four girls and they think they're doing well. And I'm like, you're broke because you have three or four girls and you can't even afford one, but yet and still you want three or four. And I'm yeah. like, this is why you're broke. You know, yep. if you notice our grandfathers, they were married there. Our dads, they were married. You know, now you're looking at the new generation. 
which is my generation, your generation, it's less. It's getting less and less and less. People aren't uh, valuing marriage, not realizing that building with a life mate actually makes your life easier and you guys accomplish more because eight times two is 16. So if 16 hours of work is coming to a house every day, that house has more finances to, to, to progress opposed to an individual with just eight hours, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I see it. And what do you think it is when it's like being a man? What are some of the qualities? What are some of the char- characteristics? What are the things are actually genuinely important? Being consistent, you know, one is being consistent and being comfortable in your skin. That's major. A lot of people aren't comfortable in their own skin. So they try to portray these images, what they think society feel they should or shouldn't be. Once a man has become a man, he doesn't care about what people think anymore. That becomes relative. That, like, that's irrelevant. You know, a man, one, he's consistent. Two, a man holds himself accountable. Three, a man sacrifices to put his, his family in a better position. By all means, if your family's failing, as the man, we're going to take, I'm going to take the sinking ship. Because even from a biblical standpoint, the Bible says the man is the head, not the tail. And the woman be at the neck. So if a man is the head, if the ship is failing, that means the man is doing bad for the family. And these men need to stand up and say, I meet men that point, that point, I was on women. I'm like, yo, how are you a man blaming a woman? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, it's supposed to be your helpmate. So what are you talking about the woman? Man yeah. up and, and, and own what you're not doing, you know, it's just what it is, you know? And I I feel like you're like giving the security, like the man is giving the security to the woman to be in her feminine, which is so important. Yes. But at the same time, it's like the same thing that goes hand in hand with discipline. Like you both are stepping up for each other. And I think once that's reciprocated on both ends, it makes like a dream team. And that's kind of like what I think everyone's looking for. It's kind of what you said of like the gym, Mm -hmm. which I think is like a really sweet analogy because, you know, sometimes we get too into this, what men should do, what women should do. But at the end of the day, you guys are a team picking each other. And you're going to have kids and you're going to have bills and you're going to have a life and you're going to have all these things. And everybody's going to have their different roles. But each one of you are going to have a bad day and you're going to have a down day. And it's kind of like in the gym where you go, who do I want to be around every single day? Cause you choose these people, right? Who do I want to be around every single day when I'm not feeling it? And I need somebody that's going to push me because they love me, but they want me to love myself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. But that's, that's, that's when, that's when oneself has to be honest with themselves. And, and I feel like the greatest lie most people tell is the lie to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the greatest lie. Cause once you lie so many times to the mind, the mind actually believes the lie and the lie becomes reality. People That's believe it. things that I'm like, wow. You know, but they've lied to themselves so long that they believe it. And then they're around people who are pretty much co-signing the lie. So the lie becomes reality or becomes truth or becomes governed. It becomes law. And I'm like, I, 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 you know, the greatest truth should be told to oneself at all costs. You know, once you lie to yourself, you pretty much can lose yourself. And a lot of people, they lie to themselves so much that they actually lose themselves. And I'm like, this is crazy. Look at how many people we all know that are broke, but they act like they're rich. And they believe it. Mm-hmm. And they wholeheartedly believe it. And it's because society tells that you have to look a certain way. Society tells you that more women that have, um, what's the word, uh, the BBLs and all of these things are more attractive. And, you know, what is BBW? Whatever it is. BB something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. BB, what is it? Yeah, you're BBL. Right. Yeah. BBL's okay. So, you know, I'm not into it, but I see it. You know, you know, but for me, I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And on top of it, when a person loves themselves, 
that is the genuine um, uh, acceptance of, of, of beauty when they love who they are. When you look in the mirror, you should always love who you who you becoming. And as yeah. you start seeing yourself becoming, that's beauty because um, you know your story, you know your testimony, you know where you've been. So yeah. it's like you should be proud of yourself every day because I don't think enough people pat themselves on the back because they don't see the odds they beat. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're beating odds. You know, some people are breaking generational curse. Yeah. Some people um, come from no parents in homes and they're married. Um, some people are the first to graduate from college in their families. There's a lot of different walls that are being knocked down. And I'm like, a lot of people aren't giving themselves enough credit. You yeah. know, yeah. your mother could be a yeller. Everything she does yells. And you decided not to be a yeller because you don't want to re-push that all going on to the next generation. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's huge. I mean, we're, there's so much healing to do and there's so much that we can do. And that's that 1%. Like you don't figure it out overnight, but you figure it out day by day. And that's going to come from the actual practice, like becoming a practitioner of the things that you believe in. And I think that we live in a world where, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, you're great just as you are and love yourself. Yes, there's a level of that, but I loved what you said where you have to love who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. Who are yes. you working to? Like, yes. what is your end goal? What are you working towards every single day? You want to become a better person, a better parent, a better business owner, a better intellectual, whatever that may be, whether you're talking about your confidence, your beauty, your intelligence, your capability, any of the things that you're striving for is going to come from you putting in that work every single day. Yes. Agree. Watch well, the simple logic. If you say, I said becoming. If a person isn't, be, if they're not evolving, if they're not growing, the opposite of growing is death. Mm -hmm. So that means they're dying. You know, if you're not growing and you're not continuously learning, or constantly learning, that means you're dying. You know, and um, so to keep evolving is to keep life and to be fruitful and to keep uh, allowing yourself to take in new information and to, to learn new things and to try new things. Because at the end of the day, no one truly knows what they're capable of, of unless they've tried you know always trying new things and seeing the world for what it is and enjoying the ride too enjoying Absolutely. it you know yeah and before we we have one last question that we ask all yes. our guests but okay. before we do that where's your barbershop and then yeah what is the title of your book where can we get it we'll link it below because it's likely that it will be out by the time this episode airs no problem my book is called the art of reprogramming a mindset you know, uh, my links, I'm going to give you all my links. You know, you can follow me on TikTok, yep. Instagram at cutaboss 516 um, My barbershop is in Baldwin, Long Island, New York, uh, 1963 Grand Avenue. I've owned it for a very long time since I was a puppy. You know, I had it for a long time. It actually taught me a lot about who I am. You know, and, um, you know, pretty much, you know, my message I want to get out of this book is learning who you are and, and, and accepting yourself. And, and understand you're not in it alone. And there are things that people think they're, they, that they're the only ones going through it, but it's tons of people. Mm -hmm. You know, the world's just hide there. They mask all their stuff. Yep. Why do you think people do drugs? Why do you think they date false loves? Because mm -hmm. they're masking the problems. You know, they're masking it. And I want to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're wicked excited to read your book. It's going to be awesome. Appreciate we're you. We're definitely going to have to come see you at the barbershop. Listen, let me know whenever you guys could come to my come to my club one night. Yeah, absolutely. Where yeah. you guys located? So this is a funny story. So we're actually from just south of Boston, and mm -hmm. uh, 
I was living in Los Angeles for maybe the last four years or so. And then she was down there with me in a little bit, Orange County. Mm -hmm. um, but we just moved back to the East Coast. Yeah. Because you guys don't sound like Boston people. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a Boston accent at <laughs> well, all. I love the place. <laughs> yeah, because Boston, you know, that accent is you know. very distinctive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you came to dinner with my family, be like, you would know. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So you guys let me know. You know, you can come down to New York one day. We could just go out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And our last question is, you know, our, our tagline for the show is we're talking about real shit. We're talking about, you know, all the things that we wish we knew sooner in life. Nice, and nice. we ask all of our guests, what is one thing that you wish soon you knew sooner? I wish I knew I was a leader. Opposed to a follower. I wish I knew that I was, um, God gave me a purpose. And I wish I knew my purpose a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Because um, I felt like a lot of trial and error for me to find who I am today. So when I was speaking with this confidence, it took me years to find it. Because I was, I, I was also a guy that wanted to be accepted. So I just wish that I knew that this was meant for me to do it. I found my voice earlier. Yeah. You know, I found my voice. I used to hate this voice that talks. I hated it. And that was tons of people love it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's just pretty much it. I love I it, love and that's just like a good reminder for everyone to just start your journey now. Yeah. Like be on your path, be in your process as soon as you can, because every day is a gift. And like you said, okay. accept yourself for who you are, because even if you're not loving it at the moment, someone's gonna love it. I 100 percent agree. 100. Yeah. As long as you're being being real, you can tell with somebody being yourself. You yeah, can see absolutely. Fake a mile away, it stands out. Yeah. You know. Well, so thank I'm you. Like, listen, I appreciate thank you, you so much for coming on. You're yeah. awesome. Thank you. Listen, we seriously appreciate it. You know my catchphrase, though, right? What you is it? That go over your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We'll end with that. The people will love it. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank awesome. you for for being on the show. No, come we on, appreciate I appreciate it. you guys anytime. Yeah.